Hey everybody, welcome. And to we're live. Live. It's another episode of the Media Boat Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Media Boat Podcast. If you are new or haven't heard of us before, welcome. And we are a podcast that brings you news and thoughts about movies, television, video games, and music, but not necessarily in that order. It's another marooned edition of the Media Boat Podcast, which means we are recording remotely via the internet, the magic of our digital space. It is July 15th, 2020. It is episode, what's the episode number? 236, 35, 36. One of those. We'll find out after the show. But yes, we're in the 230s. <coughs> Sorry. And my name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. We do podcast every single week. Uh, and we have plenty of thoughts today. We, we watch some stuff. We experience some things. We're here to talk about it this week. And we always start with movie section. We always start movies with movie news. Well, we start with movie box office, but... There's no box office. Let's be real. In fact... Well, there might not be a box office for a while after this. <laughs> in fact, our first story seems to imply that it's going to be even longer than we thought. A federal judge in New Jersey on Tuesday denied the theater industry's request for a temporary restraining order that would force the state to allow theater chains to reopen. The National Association of Theater Owners filed the suit on Jan July 6th, arguing that New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy had infringed on their First Amendment rights by ordering movie theaters to close, while churches, libraries, and other venues remained open. In a three-page order on Tuesday, the judge indicated that he is keeping tabs on other states' restrictions as COVID-19 cases surge nationwide. Additionally, here in California, Los Angeles County and 31 other counties on the state's monitoring list must close theaters, places of worship, and other businesses after having been reopened just a handful of weeks ago. What the orders did not include was an end date. Governor Newsom did not provide a time frame for those businesses to shut down again, or to be shut down and when they're reopening again. So, guess we, like, shouldn't have done it in the first place? I don't know. Is this the part where we just, like, complain to everyone? Or complain about everyone? Yeah, so, I mean, it's just... Yeah. If, we, if people had been following the rules and we hadn't reopened at all, like, we would have been seeing <laughs> numbers go down, not catastrophically up. So, yeah. But obviously, it's too late now. The stuff was open, and now it's closed again. They tried. All that pressure got them to reopen, and now because they reopened too early. They're butthurt about everything, as usual. Orange County freaking voting to get the schools reopened without requiring masks. Oh, that's a completely <laughs> other thing. But here. it's funny because they made that while during a Zoom conference call, so they weren't even in person to discuss kids no. going in person. Because, no, they don't like they want to risk themselves but their kids hey who cares right let them catch something it's yeah it's ridiculous it's a ridiculous time so yeah we're not going to see box office numbers probably for a very long time we're not going to see a return to normalcy for theater chains for a while and so that means that those movies that were supposed to come out in august your tenants your mulans i don't think we're going to see them until way after that 
Right, and then this, because they're not going to premiere in a physical location, kind of puts everything in a big bubble as to Oscars and award season. And one, are they even going to have it? Is it going to be televised? And who is going to be even nominated? Yeah, if there's no movies, then what do you what do you make those awards? Like, it'll be a completely different kind of thing. And they have to prepare themselves for that now. I think that Christopher Nolan needs to stop complaining and actually have a backup plan for the first time in his life. His movie's not going to be released in theaters this summer. It's just not. I mean, it's, right, yes, he is a film IMAX purist. Loves the film, loves the smell of it. But at the same time, no place is going to show it and you're not going to have a theater in home. Yeah, unless That's he wants not to have a digital a, streaming. a drive-in only experience, then yeah, that's just not going to happen. Even a drive-in is still digital. A drive-in does not have actual film. Right, so he's just going to have to get over it. Uh, it does get to put a real interesting twist on the Academy Award race here. Yeah, it's something to watch for sure. We'll be keeping our eye on it. Speaking of film industry news, our second news story here is about where you can shoot movies in the age of COVID and how New Zealand is thriving. It's one of the only few functioning film industries in the world at the moment. Some saying it's currently the only functioning film industry in the world, which means some people are returning to look for work there. New Zealand is also one of the few places where there are zero cases being reported. Right. So uh, their film industry is agile and accustomed to having years where everyone is working for three months, then no one is working for three months. Entertainment technology New Zealand uh, Vicky Cooksley says, the film industry is very, very good at pausing a production and then restarting it again as quickly as possible. 48 Film and TV productions are currently running in New Zealand. She adds, some of them have just got people in the office employing the crew and getting together and others, you know, like Avatar here in Wellington and the Lord of the Rings series in Auckland. Cameras rolling and hundreds of people employed. So if you're going to shoot something, that's kind of the one option right now. And that also means that uh, stuff like Avatar and... um, Lord of the Lord of the Rings Amazon series mm-hmm. is probably going to hit close enough to their original dates where everything else is going to be delayed. Right, and it could also mean that these big projects are going to be the ones that are going to garner the most eyes because they're going to be the most fresh, they're going to be the new thing, and for a while it may only be the only thing yeah. that people are going to have to look forward to. Yeah, so... Uh, Kind of weird uh, to think about that there's only only one place where this stuff is happening at the moment. But this could employ the Adam Sandler strategy where if you need to shoot somewhere, you're going to have to change it so that way it shoots in New Zealand. Yeah. Or somehow works its way to shoot in New Zealand. So expect a rise there? I got an idea for him. What if an Adam Sandler movie where the plot is they go to New Zealand to check out the the taping of, or the filming of Avatar 2. Like, what if that's the plot? And he gets to have all his famous friends take a vacation to New Zealand. You just, like, you just walk around and he's like, hey, 
try and get me in there. It's like, I don't, I have nothing to do with it. I'm just walking around. Just Adam Sandler in blue paint with like <laughs> a spear, just trying to like so badly sneak on set. Maybe like Adam Sandler 20 years ago. <laughs> nah, now. Not now. Not, not after um, Uncut Gems. <laughs> okay, it's Adam Sandler as his Uncut Gems character. There you go. Doing all of this. How about that? Yes, tr- try, to be, try to be a producer on the project so you can get some of the profits. Yeah, there we go. Solved it. That's free. That's free, Adam. Boom. Have that one. <laughs> all right. You watched a movie. Speaking came of out this year, I mean, yes, it. I mean, technically, it came out this year. <laughs> it was shot, I think, last year. But yeah, and this was a release. Sundance film originally. Yes, picked up and purchased by Hulu. Uh, that I've seen quite a lot of a uh, media chatter about. Yeah, there's some buzz about this thing. I mean, partly because it is the only thing going on right now, and partly because it's actually a good film. I'm talking about uh, Andy Samberg and Lonely Island presents Palm Springs. So Palm Springs. Yes. Takes place Uh, in, you guessed it, Palm Springs. What do you know? Uh, It is your, it's what starts off as your run of the mill Groundhog Day scenario quickly transforms into a self-serving kind of deep dive into personality checks and what may be seem like heaven for you may in fact be hell for other people and Mm -hmm. kind of what is hell is it just doing the same thing over and over again is it this kind of almost it kind of tiptoes on a philosophical thing but doesn't quite go into it because that's not what the movie is instead it's it teeters. It kind of teeters on a lot of different aspects, but at the end of the day, it's a comedy. Okay. And it is funny. From the very opening to the very end, it is a comedy. It is funny. It is hilarious. Okay. Busting jokes left and right. It's just constant hilarity. Uh, Andy Samberg is great in it. I mean, dare I say, best. <laughs> best actor no <laughs> I only say that compared to what is currently out there right now <laughs> it's going to be a weird year but it's not going to be that weird I don't know uh, but Chris and Melody uh, also in it um, of A to Z and How I Met Your Mother and Wolf of Wall mm-hmm. Street Yeah, uh, plays, the op- plays his um, co-star in this and is also really really good in this thing. It's like, oh yeah. She does she can act. She just has been kind of placed in like kind of mediocre roles, but she can act. She's and been she's really side, good in this. Like yeah, she's been supporting roles and like that A to Z show what lasted like two episodes. So half a season I think. Half a season maybe. So yeah, she just hasn't had an opportunity. So this is this is a better opportunity for her. Yeah, because like originally, like her opportunity was like being the mother, and at the same time, Wolf of Wall Street came out. But then, when Wolf of Wall Street came out, it, she immediately got overshadowed by, uh, what's her name? Legs. 
long. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Legs. <laughs> yes, she has them. Turns yes. out a lot of people do. Yes, she does. Uh, but yeah, but Margot Robbie basically became the star out of that thing. And so it kind of like pushed her aside. And then How I Met Your Mother got, got a bad taste in people's mouth. <laughs> also kind of pushed, pushed her aside. But she's real funny in this. I, I like their dynamic throughout the whole thing. It's really funny. Definitely, definitely worth a watch. Cool. Yeah, I was intrigued by the concept. And of course, I like the creative talent behind it. It's just, yeah, it's on Hulu, which is the weird part for me. It's the yeah. one that I'm not paying for. So it's like, I've got literally everything else right now. So it's like a little bit more of a challenge to get to it, but I'll probably check it out. Yeah, well, we're doing Hulu through Spotify deal. Right. So it's like, uh, we have like we have it and we're watching it. So use it for King of the Hill and stuff. But yeah, I, mean, I saw that it was on or premiering, premiering on Friday. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I'm going to watch it. Kind of went to it semi-blind. Like, I knew Andy Samberg in it. And kind of like the Groundhog Day thing, but didn't quite, like, fully, like, watch the, the trailers. But yeah, that's basically all I know. Basically all you know. So, yeah. Watch it. Yeah. It's funny. It's hilarious. So Everyone's good in it. Boat scale. Stream it. Stream it. You have to. <laughs> All right, so I'll get, yeah, I'll get to that at some point. I did not watch any other new movies, so we get to roll right on into television news, and we always start television news with the Sports Corner. All right, and some colleges make some big news. Yeah, uh, we start with some uh, college football news. Well, college sports. College sports news kind of encompasses all of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the NCAA. So the Ivy League has canceled all of their fall sports. The Big Ten and the Pac-10 will Pac-12. only play interconference games in the fall. Pac-12. What did I say? You said Pac-10. They've been oh, Pac-10 Big since like 2008. The My bad. Uh, is the only there? They will only play interconference games in the fall. Yep. Uh, this is due to limiting travel. And because students aren't necessarily on campus right now. Right. <laughs> so, that's all they can really do. Yep. Uh, the next big shoot of fall would be the ACC and the SEC and what they decide to do. Yeah. Next up in college news, the 132nd Rose Parade is canceled, but the Rose Bowl football game is still technically scheduled for January. So we'll see. Yeah, this was announced today. Um, I mean, that's really the big story is the 132nd Rose Parade is canceled. Yeah. Uh, only the fourth time in its history. The other three times, World War II. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, but currently, there's no plans in place for the Rose Parade. But the Rose Bowl, should, it, should college football take place, Rose Bowl will still be happening. It's right. kind of important because this year it's part of the playoffs for uh, the bowl series. So they would need it. So yeah, to exist if they were going to have a series at all, they would need to exist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the big uh, sports story this week was up in the NFL, which was uh, that finally, after decades of controversy, after 
years of talk about whether or not it was going to happen and pressure from fans, pressure from news outlets like the Associated Press, pressure from just people in general. After 2013, when Dan Snyder came out and said he would never change it ever, period, yeah. full stop. Well, here we are in, uh, and in 2020, and the Washington's football team, Washington's football team is finally changing their name. They're, so yeah, what? Who can say? We don't know they're yet. currently uh, the football team in Washington. But they have announced that they have intent to change their name from the previous racial slur uh, to a new thing that will hopefully be more sensitive and have nothing to do with the racial slur. Currently unknown what they're going to change it as. Yeah. But there are some, I don't say some, but there is a guy or a group of people in Washington who have trademarked several names. Okay. Several potential names for Washington. All right, give it to me. What do you have? What do you got? Uh, Warriors. Okay. Uh, Red Tails. Okay. And Red Hawks. Okay. Is that it? Top three. Um, I feel like they're too close. Well, they're trying to keep like their color scheme. You can keep the color scheme and literally name it whatever you want. Yeah, keep the color scheme and name them the Blue Jays. Right. <laughs> Within reason, you know what I mean. Okay. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like I'd, if I were them, I wouldn't choose something that's too close to uh, a uh, indigenous American stereotype. I would probably try to steer clear from that. Um, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, well, they want to keep the color scheme. Yeah. So, I mean, Warriors is red-ish. I feel like Warriors War- is the safe Warriors one. Warriors is pretty safe. I mean, there's already the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. It wouldn't be out of, it wouldn't be out of the blue. It makes some sense. It's like maybe a little too close for me personally to maybe some, again, some stereotypes um, related to indigenous peoples, uh, which worries me a little bit on that side. But it's safe enough that if they wanted something that's close, but also okay, they could probably do that. Right. But right now, as of now, there is no official name, no word on when that official name will happen. Yeah, but just know that if you are trying to purchase any current Washington football-related <laughs> yes gear, they've all been pulled pretty soon. All been pulled. Yeah, um, I imagine that if they're going to change it, uh, they will probably do so right before any play happens. That's my guess. Well, they also need to do it before you know to have jerseys ready. Yeah, exactly. Merchandise ready, <laughs> and ready you know ready. trademark ready. Yeah, trademark also important turns out so yeah we'll see what happens with that uh anything going on else in, elsewhere in sports we got a baseball coming up at the end of next week mm-hmm. uh right now on currently is nascar all-star race mm-hmm. uh race for a million dollars uh basketball soon too right now they're in orlando and all sorts of crazy memes and stories are coming out of that yep uh orlando or nba is in orlando the wnba is also raring to go soccer is currently happening right um and yeah we announced that the hub cities for nhl will be take place in canada right yep 
Um, but yeah, we'll see. Sports, kind of, actual sports is coming soon. Yeah, you know how that will stay. Waiting period right now. We're waiting for all of this stuff to just start, yeah. and uh, we'll be back to normal in a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, right. Fight Island happened this past weekend. Yes, Fight Island. Yeah, it's happened on an island. Boring, boring fights. Yeah, nothing exciting happened. Yeah. Uh, but if you want exciting, if you want something extreme, do I? Yes. For WWE, the horror show at Extreme Rules is this you Sunday. Me. You lost me. Let's move on. All right. That is sports. That is it for sports. Uh, sports entertainment. Let's talk about television news. We've got a couple of bangers here. First up, we have our new Batwoman. About how um, the uh, Batwoman show on the CW had lost its star after uh, uh, Ruby Rose decided to leave the project. Um, They were looking for a replacement and they found one in the form of Javika Leslie or Javish Javisha. I think it's Javika. Yeah, it's got another I in there. So Javisha Javisha. I don't know how you say her name. I'm sorry, Ms. Leslie. Uh, but she is set to set into the cape and cowl for the show's upcoming second season on the CW. She will portray a new character on the show named Ryan Wilder. She is described as likable, messy, a little goofy, untamed. She is an out lesbian in the show, athletic, raw, passionate, fallible, and very much not your stereotypical all-American hero, unquote. She says, I am extremely proud to be the first black actress to play the iconic role of Batwoman on television. And as a bisexual woman, I am honored to join this groundbreaking show, which has been such a trailblazer for the LGBTQ plus community. The show is scheduled to return to the CW in January, 2021. So uh, yeah, we'll see that after the new year. Yep. We have an official new Batwoman, (coughs) which means that, they have to get filming in Toronto or Vancouver. Yeah. Seems like a good choice. I mean, it seems like she uh, checks the boxes that they wanted. I like that there's black res- representation happening here as well as uh, LGBTQ. Um, yeah. I think that that's probably a good choice that they, that if they're going to make a choice, this is a good choice to make. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of pull this character in from basically what is off the streets. Yeah. To the Batcave. Yeah, how they how they'll write in a replacement arc for the Ruby Rose Batwoman and be like, well, she's not Batwoman anymore. This person becomes Batwoman. Yeah, always right because you can't really have like a full season of transition. It kind of has yeah. to be kind of has to happen immediate within like the first one or two episodes. Yeah, you want to get to that Batwoman action quick. Mm-hmm. All right, second up is <coughs> a little bit about. Disney Plus and a new Star Wars series coming exclusively to the service. They've ordered a Lucasfilm animated series called Star Wars The Bad Batch with a premiere set for 2021. Dave Filoni will return as executive producer along Athena Portillo, who was previously producer on Star Wars Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Brad Now or Brad Rao, sorry, also from Rebels and Star Wars Resistance, and Jennifer Corbett from Star Wars Resistance and also NCIS with 
Carrie Beck, whose credits include The Mandalorian and Star Wars Rebels, as co-executive producer, and Josh Rhymes as a producer, also from Star Wars Resistance. The There's a lot of also- Star Wars blood running in this thing. Makes sense. I mean, if that was it obvious. Yeah, well, if you have already people on other Star Wars projects, might as well give them a little more work. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, the series follows the elite and experimental clones of the Bad Batch, first introduced in the Clone Wars series, as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy and the immediate aftermath of the Clone War. In the post-Clone War era, they will be taking on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. While Clone Wars may have come to its conclusion, our partnership with the groundbreaking <coughs> storytellers and artists at Lucasfilm Animation is only the beginning, says Dave Filoni. We are thrilled to bring my vision <laughs> to life through the... Like, it's quoted to him, but he says his own name, so I was very confused. Uh, to life through the next adventures of the Bad Bat. Is he like a, a Bob Dole-style character where he talks about himself in the third person? I think it's um, it's the quote is originally credited to uh, the uh, animation division. Okay, but because it's his series, Dave 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 Filoni says Dave Filoni's Star Wars: The Bad Batch is going to be great. <laughs> Don't believe me? Ask Dave Filoni. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's interesting. This kind of hit at the same time. You don't have this, but this kind of hit at the same time this week as a new star animated Star Trek series is also getting uh, teased to premiere uh, at a later date. And so I think it's really funny. You have all sorts of different sci-fi animation happening all at once right now. Yeah, I think that's Star Trek The Lower Decks, which is on right. CBS All Access. Yeah. Which is already completed and premiering <laughs> now, soon? Yeah, yeah. so, uh, I mean, people who are way into Clone Wars, and I know a handful of those people, uh, are going to be excited for more. Um, it seems like it's got all the same talent and kind of DNA in it. I am excited for this. Um, they premiered the Bad Batch, or at least the team called the Bad Batch, in the last season, or this latest Disney Plus season. Oh, okay. And, like, they were instantly a hit, because... Uh, Clone Wars, I mean, is all about the clones, but the Bad Batch is exactly kind of that. They're not perfect clones. They are irregular clones. So they all have a different, unique personality. All and But that kind of uniqueness makes them skilled in a single position. Got it. And so they all work together as a unit. Perfect setup for an ensemble show. Exactly. Exactly. Well, cool. Something to look forward to early next year. But before that, we have stuff that we watched not early next year, but this week, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of string stuff, because, you yeah. know, well, what else is it? Really, <laughs> what are you even saying? It's the only thing to do right now. <laughs> All right. What do you want to start on? Do you want to start on the thing that we both watched or, uh, well, a couple things, I guess, technically, or do you want to go in on some of the stuff that you watched? Uh, let's go with the HBO Max stuff first before we get into the Peacock TV stuff. Sure, okay. All right, uh, first up, uh, Amy Schumer has a new special called first Expecting Amy. Special or series? Special series. Yeah, it's limited special. series. It's three episodes. Yeah. It's uh, Amy Schumer being pregnant. Yeah, and that's pretty Amy. much it, right? 
that's basically it. It's Amy yeah. Schumer being pregnant as she starts her last, or she finds out she's pregnant while she has a uh, deal in place to basically travel to, uh, on a comedy tour. Yeah. At the same time, like get a Netflix special out of it too. So it's kind of like that her entire pregnancy with the comedy special going on. Like you kind of get to see kind of how her routine evolves over the course of it, but also yeah. how my life will be in like the near future with Amy Schumer being pregnant. <laughs> Very funny. So it's been like basically the adjustment she has to make the like kind of the quirks of being pregnant while being a touring comedian. Yeah. Uh, it does lean more towards like entire pregnancy aspect because it feels that t- uh, most of it is filmed kind of handheld kind of like I want to put, put this recording in the, in, the, in the corner. Not necessarily raising a child but kind of expecting the child. Right, right. And Lots and lots of morning sickness and lots and lots of throwing up. Great. Sounds, sounds good. Yeah. So it's funny and like people who like uh, Amy Schumer would have fun here. Yeah. It's also kind of like a motherhood thing where it's like, oh, here's like the side you don't really see because like, oh, like one, like she, even one of her uh, jokes in the special is like, oh, like you cut from her like throwing up, like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. And you immediately cut to, oh my God, I'm in overalls painting. I'm fully pregnant. Like you don't <laughs> see that whole transition and that's what kind of this is. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, okay. Yeah, it's fun. It's Amy Schumer. If you like Amy Schumer, you'll like this. Makes sense. Also be prepared for like all the pregnancy stuff that comes with it. It's what you're signing up for. <laughs> yep. Signing up for pregnant Amy Schumer. <laughs> anyway anyways we watched something together well not together but we watched not the together. same thing yes <laughs> oh it was close enough yeah it, it was in fact so for those of you who don't know or haven't been tracking the show and it's, it's a well roller coaster of an existence so this is uh, the creator of regular show from Cartoon Network, J.G. Quintel, his new show. It was originally sold to TBS, was scheduled to premiere on it, but the scuttlebutt that I hear is that TBS eventually bailed on it because they had planned packaging it with a another animated show that was supposed to be next, like scheduled next to it, which was going to, get this, star Louis C.K. Hmm. When that project fell apart after Louis C.K.'s career imploded, yes, they basically bailed on both projects and decided and basically sent the show careening into limbo. Then Cartoon Network passed on it, and no and one knew. Adult Swim there. passed on it. Yeah, Adult Swim passed on it, and so basically HBO Max came to the rescue and gave it a home. Oh, come here, little orphaned animated series. Exactly. We'll put you here. <laughs> yeah, you can live here for now. Uh, so, what do you think about this show? I'm curious about your take before I go in on it. Uh, I saw it on the ad banner for HBO Max, and I was like, oh, 
cartoon. Yeah. Family. Cartoon. Cartoon. Family. Eight episodes. <laughs> All right. I'll give it a shot. It's uh-huh. new. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it hooked me like the first five minutes. And I couldn't stop watching it. And then when it was yeah. over, I wanted more. Yeah. Like, oh, that's it? It didn't yeah. feel like it. Yeah. So, so had you watched any regular show before you no. had watched this? So no, no, I have no basis really... for a regular show comedy. It just looked like something I would be interested in. So the weird thing is that this thing is basically regular show, except aged up. Like the premise where it's like the kind of the juxtaposition between very mundane, normal things happening to the characters that midway through the episode gets twisted into a surreal way. Mm -hmm. That's the entire premise of regular show. That's why it's called that. So this is basically the same structure where it's like the plots are pretty basic. Like, oh, you know, the plot of episode one is like, oh, the kid doesn't want to do their school project. We got to do the school project for the kid. And where that kind of twists and gets weird is the whole, like, is the the hook of the show, essentially, is that every episode, it's like the stakes get crazy high because of some sort of surreal horror that happens. (laughs) And yeah, more or less regular show had the same premise, except with regular show, you basically start there because there's also living animals. Whereas this, like, it's a little easier to, like, see that jump because you don't already have the kind of the weird fantasy elements at the base level. And yeah, it's really interesting to see how the same creator and a lot of the same writers basically took the, this structure, this existing structure, and made it into an adult show. And it's definitely an adult show because, <laughs> I mean, it's they deal, I, like, but I think the second episode is they deal with people turning 30, going to a club. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's interesting because, uh, especially for people our age because we are the exact correct audience for this thing like Mm -hmm. it is literally about very like new families like newly married couple with a new kid like trying to like make do with new kid she's like five or six yeah but you know what i mean like relatively young child yeah and they can't even afford a real house because they're real millennials just like us Uh, and so they have to split it with their friends who are also a divorced couple themselves and it's just like it's it speaks to a very specific audience very specific kind of millennial kind of like zone that mm-hmm. i immediately like was really was able to relate to like that it's funny that you brought up that club episode because i think of all the episodes that was the most like oh geez <laughs> like, <laughs> this is hitting really close just like the idea of because because i've had conversations with friend of the show christy about like oh, let's go to a club again. And I'm just like, no, we're too mm-hmm. old for that. Like, I did that. I did that when I was in college. I'm done with that part of my life. And she's all gung-ho about doing it. Doing it. And so seeing that, I was, like, able to, like, channel, like, that energy. Be like, I just need to show her this and see. It's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just all that the stuff, like, all the, the references are really specifically in that kind of millennial zone as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like this, all the stuff about like, oh, like the main character 10 years ago was going to be a big shot video game developer and he has like the freaking Cliffy B hair and he's giving a speech at E3. I was just like, 
this is for no one but us. Like, no one would understand what this is talking about. <laughs> Uh, it it's weird, yeah. At the same time, kind of surreal, but also you realize that those are the people who are in charge of making these shows. It's us. It's like we we're in. I mean, we talked about this several times on this show when back when we were talking about Broad City. When right. we were talking about like even like moments on The Good Place. Like we're kind of re, we're doing our Good Place rewatch in our apartment right mm-hmm. now, and we're in season two, and the bit where. Uh, Michael is giving everybody presents to like apologize and he just gives Jason a Pikachu balloon and he freaks out because it's Pikachu. Right. Like it's stuff like that. It's little like moments like that. It's like, oh, this is this was written by somebody who is probably also my age. Like who has these like these touchstones, these cultural these cultural touchstones in it. And so yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I do say though, if you thought this was funny and you thought this was fun, give a a, a regular show a try like it's very similar in tone it's very similar more so the later seasons the earlier seasons they were still trying to kind of find their their feet with it once they get going it's very similar tonally and this hits a lot of the same beats uh but yeah i think it's excellent uh yeah eight episodes is not enough seems like from people who have uh are related to the show's production says that there are more episodes in the pipeline, but it may take a little longer considering uh, the pandemic has probably slowed down the production. But it seems like after the HBO Max deal was made, it seems like more episodes were ordered. Okay. How did you feel about it being two episodes per episode? That was interesting. It definitely stands out as unique because uh, similarly toned and similarly themed uh, adult animation is usually just a 22-minute setup. Right. And this is more like that Cartoon Network style 211s. And I actually prefer it that way. It's It does two things to it. One, it kind of speeds up the plots and like the, it means that it's all killer, no filler. And the second thing it means is that it's pretty much just gags and it has no time or room for like heartfelt emotional storylines. Because that's the one thing that also kind of sta- makes it stand apart. If you're going into this expecting like Bojack Horseman levels of ennui, you're not going to get it. Also, not even like Tuca and Birdie. Like even Tuca and Birdie was a gag driven show, but it got to that emotional place. This doesn't even try. This is not interested in telling those kind of stories. This is a Cartoon Network style, like, just gag, gag, gag kind of thing. It, it's closer to that than it, um, something like a, The Simpsons or Bob's Burgers in that way, where it is not at any point trying to be weighty. It's just in, out, 11 minutes, we told our story, with the exception of the finale, which is a 22-minute, but still. Yeah, I think that's also, I, I would put it, that's why it didn't get picked up by TBS, because I think they were supposed to, it feels like it was supposed to be, like, here's one half, and then here's another half, and a cartoon half-hour block. Yeah. And so I realized that they only had eight episodes, instead of stretching it out to they 16. They very, very clearly wrote this thing to sell to Adult Swim. You can yeah. see it. Like, you can see it in its structure. You can see in the way that it's paced. You can see it in its content. Like this thing, the, there's no F-bombs, but there's shits aplenty. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the level that it's at 
is exactly like Rick and Morty style Adult Swim. TBS could have ran it, but yeah, you're right. They could should they would have had to schedule around it with those 15 minute chunks, and it just wouldn't have worked really well for them unless it was packaged with another 15 minute show, which doesn't sound like what they were trying to do. I could have also seen this exist on on Cartoon Network even, like as a Cartoon Network branding, if they were able to kind of expand their own like format. But because it kind of, yeah, it just kind of lives in this weird like middle ground where nothing else exists. Is it so unique? It's its own thing. Well, the animation is definitely Cartoon Network-esque, like you said, yeah. regular show. It's animated just like but, regular show. Although, yeah, I will say, the though... The content is a very yeah. adult. Well, the content... But then I was also going to mention, though, I did say, like, comparing this to an episode of regular show, the budget is way higher here. They got mm-hmm. some money to make these eight episodes, and a lot of the animation is way more impressive than I think they were even able to do on the last season of uh, regular show. So. Yeah. So stream it. Watch oh it. yeah, I definitely recommend this thing. In fact, this is my time to plug. Uh, Mediaboatpodcast.com will be back in official is back in official uh, form today. Uh, there's a story up about the next thing we're going to talk about, uh, and then tomorrow I will be posting a my thoughts my about close enough. So if you want to see that in written form, you can do that as well. Mediaboatpodcast.com is the website. Uh, but yeah, I definitely go to stream it. I had a whole lot of fun with this thing. Yep, same here. I'll probably watch okay. it again at some point. Probably. What's next? Um, I guess we could talk about Peacock TV. Yeah. I mean, I do. I did finish the Babysitters Club. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, real briefly on that, though, very progressive for its yeah. content for being a. 2020 show like throughout all its episodes i did thought it ended and then there was like two bonus episodes where they went to camp i was like oh what's this but that felt like a season finale that you did you had the whole wedding episode but overall yeah it's a growing i can see this thing getting a second season i'm liking these characters i'm liking the way they bond together there's definitely good chemistry amongst the cast and Definitely worth checking out. Cool. I got Doctor hooked here on it. Thumbs up. It was like an ode to the past. Because I read all those books. It was interesting because I read all the books as a kid. But then... Yeah, we can hear you, right? We can kind of hear you. What I thought was interesting is it was very similar to the books, but with like newer, like 2020 issues. Yeah. so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah some of the episodes dealt with a uh, trans people person. Mm-hmm. Some of them dealt with growing up, uh, divorced parents, not wanting divorced parents. One thing that I had forgot to mention last week when we talked about it was that um, this is actually part of a, like a bigger uh, kind of push to push these, uh, these books to a new audience. Uh, a few years ago, they started releasing graphic novel versions of the original books mm-hmm. for marketed to two kids. Um, you can actually look them up. They're, they're pretty cool. Like, the, like they're just adaptations, just comic book adaptations of the original novels. It's pretty, pretty neat. So like, this is just con- them continuing to try to modernize the series for current kids. Hmm. 
Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. What else did you? Oh yeah, Peacock. That's what we're actually going to be talking about. Yeah, that, that's what we're actually going to be talking about. So new streaming day today. Yeah, new streaming day. After just recently, I feel like talking about the launch of HBO Max. We're already talking about the launch of another new streaming service. Uh, but this time, it's brought to you by the fine people over at NBC Universal and their corporate overlords at Comcast. Um, yeah, Peacock. It's NBC stuff. It's Universal stuff, it's Comcast stuff, assorted, but not everything of it, all of those, just a smattering of content from those three uh, locations. And um, it's interesting. <laughs> it has content. I think one stuff. of the specialties of it is the live TV function or so, live TV function. Yeah, so that thing, so... We'll get there. First of all, let's talk about a little bit more high-level stuff about Peacock as a service. So this thing, okay. the hook is that it has a free version, which is not something that HBO or Disney offers. So that's kind of the thing that they're trying to get their foot in the door with, is that they're saying, if you want to watch some of this stuff, you can watch it for free with ads. Um, from what I can tell is that it does the Hulu style. There are ads before and there are ads after. Um, it does have paid tiers, and it actually has two different ones. There's a $4.99 tier that unlocks the paywall content, which is just a larger number of things you can watch, more episodes of certain shows that you can watch, like a deeper library, and um, keeps the ads. That's the $4.99 month, or I believe that's a $50 annual. <coughs> then yeah. there's the $10 a month, tier which is premium plus which unlocks that the paywall content removes ads and that's also available at 99.99 a year mm -hmm. uh, so it gives you a lot of options it gives you a lot of flexibility it's pretty similar to the hulu plan where it's like there's a, a there's a well there's no free hulu anymore right not anymore yeah but once there was and this is kind of like how it used to be on hulu where it was free five bucks 10 bucks, more or less. It's not that on Hulu anymore, but you get the idea. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it, honestly, I don't know if the paywall content is enough. I don't think it is. Um, some of the original stuff just seems kind of hit and miss. It's like they have one of every category just to cover their basis. Which is kind of what HBO Max did as well. Right. Uh, it's definitely like NBC Central. I think that if we had Olympics going on with this thing, it would be really interesting, but mm -hmm. that's not happening this year for right. obvious reasons. Um, I also think that because it's not a full content of library that you were kind of expecting. But then again, we said the same thing about HBO Max, and yeah, it kind of filled itself out this, over the, the past two months. Honestly, this whole experience today has been like deja vu because HBO Max and Peacock in a lot of ways are separated at birth because they both feel like the same, they have the same issues, mm -hmm. which is they both purport to be a one-stop shop for this entire corporation's basically media library. And they kind of are, but they're also not because the more granular you try <coughs> to be and the more specific you want to get, the more times you're going to be like, 
wow, it sure is weird that they don't have X or they have Y, but why don't they have Z? Because streaming rights, like I tried to look up The Good Place, right. wasn't right. available. Still on Netflix. Right. So right. Related. Also, yeah. Um, also, wait, what were you going to say? I was going to say. Not with content. It's weird stuff. It's weird stuff that like they have the first Shrek, but none of the other Shreks. Right. They, <laughs> they, they have like the How to Train Your Dragon series specials, but not the movies. Right. Which, to be fair, the DreamWorks animation stuff is weird because that's just a distribution deal with the Universal. They don't actually have distribution rights for all of mm-hmm. their films or television series. Um, so that's probably limiting in a lot of ways. I actually don't know how the rest of the Shrek series, for instance, was distributed. I don't know if that was Universal throughout or whether there are some Paramount ones in the mix. No, I believe it was Paramount up until the fourth one. Because that year was all... relatively new. So, relatively. That was probably like over 10 years ago. Yeah, but getting against Shrek was 20 years ago. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's stuff like that. Just like HBO Max, it definitely makes you think it's like, eventually we'll get there. You're right. Like eventually stuff will fill out. Eventually, once these pre-existing deals go away, they'll be able to add more about these bits and pieces that are missing from the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, there's also a lot of stuff that there's no excuse why they don't have it. Like my hill that I swear I will die on <laughs> has been, I just want... Just put all the Saturday Night Lives in one place. I just want just to be able to watch any episode within reason. Obviously, there's probably some that they probably would need to pull for music rights or whatever. Uh, But in general, you have them all. Just put them there. And somehow, they have less episodes, even in the paid tier, than Hulu did. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why they're doing that. So... As a solution, what they've done is they've added their weird channels tab, which you kind of mentioned earlier, which is emulating like a live television kind of grid, mm-hmm. but it's not that at all. It's like, here's this channel dedicated to this kind of thing. Yeah. But it's like a smattering of options. Like there's a finance but it's just american greed (laughs) yeah it's like like there's unsolved mysteries but it's just mysteries so when i when i first looked at it i was confused when i first went on there i was like oh so do i just get a nbc no you don't just get nbc Mm -hmm. you get a news stream presumably of news content from the actual nbc news stations you do get like stuff like Taste Made, which is one of their digital camp, uh, digital offshoots. You know, when you have an antenna, you get like a bunch of weird <coughs> side channels to the main channel. Mm-hmm. Well, you get that, and you get like you got like you said, like financial news. You get um, channels that are just sh- showing this sh- like different episodes of the same show. Like there's one that's just the Hell's Kitchen channel, which is just Hell's Kitchen twenty four seven. Yep, there's also one just The Office, but it's not full episodes of The Office. It's just yeah. shorts and snippets. Yeah, which brings us to the Saturday Night Live thing. So they have a channel called SNL Vault, which is not what you think it would be, judging by literally everything else. 
full episodes. No, it's just sketches mm -hmm. with an ad in between each one, which theoretically is interesting. Like it does like make me think, oh, so I could just put that on in the background and just have an endless Saturday Night Live sketches. That's, there's some potential there. Like there's potentially, that's a cool idea. And the idea of them being able to expand that in the future and do that for other shows, like what if I could just slap on a random episode of 30 Rock every 30 seconds? That'd be great. They could do that. They're not quite there yet with it, but I think conceptually there's potential in this idea. And it does offer uh, like a little bit of a hook that nobody else is doing. Yeah, I mean, it does in the sense does its job and works because like when I got busy, you know, doing other stuff, like it's just yeah. good to put something like that on the background, like oh, right, I just need something to drown out all the other noise. Yeah, I one I, I imagine that an exec was looking at YouTube, and was probably seeing all those twenty four hour live streams that people are putting yeah. up bootleg and being like, it's just this show for forever. Or the Twitch stuff that was they were doing on Twitch, like with the Pokemon and Power Rangers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Some exec probably saw all that and was like, you know what? There's a market. Somebody out there would probably want something like this. Some exec probably did do that because there's a Bob Ross channel. Ye exactly. Maybe that was the kernel of the idea. It just kind of blossomed from there. It's like, yeah, it's we like have, oh, well, we have all, all this other archival stuff too. footage. It's like, why not just put it there? Somebody mm -hmm. will watch it. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting kind of one weird thing about this service that otherwise is pretty boilerplate. Like it does the thing that they said it was going to do. But one thing it does do, and I think it, it is aiming at an audience for of, I just want to put this on. I don't want to actually search for an episode. I just want right. to watch something related to this. And as long as they go all the way with it by doing, like I said, like an entire channel just for like full episodes of The Office or full episodes of Frasier, mm -hmm. stuff they own, like as long as they go and actually do that, which is not the case so far, I think it'll just be short of that potential. Like I want them to do the whole thing because this tease of it is not quite there. Unless you like is... Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, but I think this is also their way of getting around a random button, like play random episode. Oh uh, man, though, how great would it be if everything just had a random button? Uh, I, just yeah, want I, I just constantly be playing random Simpsons then. Yes. Like but that's like part of the struggle is I like of streaming is looking through everything and then trying to decide, oh, I want to watch this, ep this show. Yeah. Okay, now what episode? I don't know. I yeah. just wanted to watch something. It's, yeah, it's potentially really cool. And as long as they don't mistreat it, then yeah, it could be it could be the killer app on this thing. Who knows? Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, I'd say overall though, like it's free, so it's like there's no reason not to check it out unless you're like one of those people who doesn't want to sign up for another email, like to to get a free account. I understand. There's people mm -hmm. out there that are like that. But beyond that, though, it's free. Give it a try. If it seems like something that you want without ads, then maybe consider paying for it. But as it stands right now, I don't know if I would personally recommend doing the thing I did and signing for the up for the seven day free trial for the five nine for the four ninety nine plan. So, well, it's a free trial. Can't you back out? Yeah, I could. I honestly did it only to see if that changed the number of Saturday Lives I got, and it did not. No. So, okay. Anyway, 
that's what the peacock is. So we'll we'll follow back up on that like once we watch some of the maybe the original programs or whatever other new stuff that it tries to do. Well, speaking of, of the original programming, I watched two things on it. Two things. Yep. Uh, first one being Psych 2, colon, Lassie Come Home. So, it's Psych. Yeah, it's just they rebooted Psych. It's, it's, it's a reboot of the reboot of Psych. Yeah. Because they already did Psych the movie, right. which was coming at coming back. But this is like, oh, people liked it so much, let's just do it again. But it, it's just Psych. Same thing. I'm not sure if that's a good thing that psych. it hits it, but it definitely hits all the marks that you want in a psych episode, but in a 90 minute feature film. Yeah. Feature film. Cool. So it's I mean it's there if you want it. You have to like psych to get to get it, to understand it. Yeah, that show never clicks with me. Yeah. I got why people liked it, because it's like a quirky procedural. But it was right, which so- is why I liked it. But- but for me, it was too much procedural for me to actually care. And I was just like, all right. It was like all those TNT and USA shows, you know, like the suits and like burn notice. But I like white collar. White and, collar. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like I just bundle all those together in my mind and just like, you know what? This isn't for me. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's there if you want. I yeah. think all the original first Psych movie is there too. Catch that, but I don't think Psych the series, series is on. I wonder if that's already on something else. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's there. It's fun. It's a if you like Psych, it's Psych. Right. Uh, but the second thing I watched on there was something called Intelligence, um, <laughs> starring David Schwimmer. Yeah, I saw a picture of this, and I saw David Schwimmer was in, like, eh, no thanks. <laughs> what is this intelligence? Uh, David Schwimmer is a former hacker turned NSA operative. Sure. Who loses, who gets transferred from NSA in U.S. to the British version of cybersecurity. Uh-huh. So you have a whole fish-out-of-water scenario going on which is supposed to be amplified by arrogant American working with British people. No, British customs. Yeah. So that's the basic premise of it. It just doesn't click. It, It has everything there to be good. And it has kind of like in the IT crowd vibe to it yeah because it deals with intelligence and these quirky characters working together in close environments but it never hits it because it kind of like oh we're in a british environment but it's american humor but that doesn't dwell with the setting they're in yeah and it's short it's six episodes half hour but the whole time i'm thinking it's just something missing here. It's not quite clicking. Definitely sounds like a premise that you would have had a hard time selling to a network, but you can put on a street streaming network for free. Mm-hmm. It's like they're saying the jokes. I'm getting the jokes, but I'm not laughing at the jokes. Yeah. And that's kind of 
an issue? The, the, an issue with a comedy series. Yeah. It's like, okay, I see where you're going with here. I, I understand the joke you're making. I just don't see it as funny. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's because the cast isn't mixing well together. It does seem like they pulled like, oh, we need one person of this type, one person of this type, one person of this type, put them together because that's how a formulaic sitcom is. Throw in your lead here and your, your lead in and your antagonist and then have them exact opposites but heads constantly. Yeah. So it's very formulaic and just doesn't hit on the comedy aspect. Yeah. And the la- and the acting spirit seems to lack thereof. So there's not a whole lot to grasp onto to want to see these characters either work out their problems with each other or see what kind of wacky scenarios they can get into. Right. Yeah. They don't all work. Turns out. Yeah, it's just a whole lot of missing on this one. And that's the first one I got, so. <laughs> so yeah, the future of the original programming is questionable. Yeah. We'll see. But Let's I did see. just go back and put up a lot, went through like all their series that they had, yeah. A through Z. I was like, okay, what do I want to watch? What do I want to watch? On my watch list. A lot of weird shit. A lot of 80s stuff. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of cartoons. Old stuff. They're like buried old licensed properties that nobody cares about. Right. It's bizarre. I can watch Days of Our Lives though. You 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 could do that if you want to literally spend the rest of your life doing that. All right. Let's move on out of television thoughts because that went real long. Let's talk Did about you watch can- anything else? No, I didn't watch anything else. Cancellations or renewals. Let's talk All about right. what am I no longer watching? Netflix has axed Chilling Adventures of Sabrina after its fourth season. So bye-bye extended Riverdale universe. That leaves only Riverdale standing as last week Katie Keene was canceled. Right. Uh, The fourth season will still premiere later this year. It's been filmed, but that will be its last. HBO Max is renewing their original program Legendary for a second season. I don't know what that is. Watch it. I saw it. It keeps wanting me to watch it. I'm not watching it. I'm watching it. Netflix is bringing back The Crown for a final sixth season. That'll be it for The Crown. Uh, what was originally supposed to be a fifth season now gets a sixth season. Yeah, but that's it. No more Crown after that. Or so they say. Rami is getting a third season on Hulu. Run canceled after one season on HBO. The Moody's will get a second season on Fox. Uh, that was originally the Moody's Christmas special, but now it will no longer be a holiday special, but a regular series. Moody's, yep, just the Moody's. Hannah will get a third season on Hulu. Congratulations, Hannah. <laughs> She's worked so hard. Um, Killing all those people. <laughs> kidding. No, I'm serious. Will get canceled after a second season on Showtime. Sorry, Jim Carrey. That was the Jim Carrey one, right? Yeah, I believe so. Bye-bye. And speaking of bye-bye, we have a handful of deaths here, unfortunately, to get through this week. Duck Williams. Uh, That's autocorrected. Wait, it's not Duck? No, it's Dick Williams. 
<laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. This man is dead. Vic Williams, age 92, a magician and television host uh, from the program Magic Land, which probably before our time, seeing it was in the 60s and it was in the 60s and had the longest running magic show at the time. Wow. Or a show starring a magician or hosted by a magician. Yeah. We have a couple sad young ones. Uh, Naya Rivera, age 33, was an actress on Glee, The Royal Family, and At Devil's Door. I believe she was one of the cheerleaders in Glee. Yes. Uh, I've seen a lot of people react to this one. Yeah. Seems real young. 33, man. It's rough. Uh, even younger, Laura Von Ruijven. Ruijven? Ruijven. Whatever. Age 27, uh, a short track speed skater world champion of 2019. Also a medalist in the uh, past Olympics, past Winter Olympics. Uh, yeah, man, 27. But yeah, I mean, you're the current champion in 27. Yeah. Kelly Preston, age 57, an actress, was in Jerry Maguire, Twins, Sky High, among others. Uh, that was John Travolta's wife. Right, right. Then uh, lastly, Grant Imahara, age 49, electrical engineer, most famous for uh, being a co-host on Mythbusters, but also behind the scenes worked for ILMs uh, on a lot of Star Wars movies, worked on The Matrix. Um, also, after uh, Mythbusters ended, uh, co-hosted the White Rabbit Project, which I believe was a, was that a Netflix show? It was a Netflix show. Yeah. Only got one season, I believe. But yes, it was. That short. was their kind of spinoff into trying to do something. But yeah, this this was brutal. I, I saw this and didn't believe it at first, and then yeah, it it spread, and man, I don't I don't know what happened, but that was definitely a sad one. I watched a lot of MythBusters. Same. I saw a lot going out for him as well on the Twitter sphere about yeah. um, minority in television, kind of like being yeah. the thing that got people to become engineers. Right, yeah. Be, being idolized or looked like, up yeah, to. An idol for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We missed. Yep. All right, let's switch over to the music side, the B-side, if you will, uh, where I toss this over to you and we talk about songs. Uh, did you say B-side? Because it's the baby side. I mean, it's always the baby side here in the Billboard charts, apparently, in 2020. It is, because we always start music with the Billboard, and we start the Billboard with the Hot 100. How hot? And once again, at number one, Rockstar by The Baby, featuring Roddy Rich. Uh, moving up to number two, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. At number three, What's Poppin' by Jack Harlow, featuring The Baby. Tory Lanes and Lil Wayne. All of them. At number four, Savage by Megan The Stallion featuring Beyonce. And at number five, Roses by St. Jean. <laughs> St. Jean. Uh, I believe that did not change from uh, last week. It uh, did what slightly blinding lights moved from three to two, I believe, swapped places with what's poppin'. Right. And I think that's the only change. <laughs> Uh, as for your bill- albums chart, your Billboard 200. Stuff's happening uh, there. At number one, 
We have Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. This is posthumous release. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit here. Yes. At number two, Hamilton, an American musical by the original Broadway cast. Yep. Uh, got that Disney Plus bump. Yep. Shut up into the number two spot. <laughs> At number three, My Turn by Little Baby. <laughs> At number four, Blame It on Baby by The Baby. And at number five, constantly there in the top five, Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. Um, so, quick fun facts about that Hamilton thing. It also set a record this week. It is now the longest charting original Broadway recording since the 1960s. Apparently nothing has charted this long an original Broadway cast recording in the Billboard charts since the 60s. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I'm trying to think of what that might be. It could have been all sorts of things. I didn't actually look up what it was. Okay. Uh, well, if you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases. Good. We have The Kingdom by Bush. Yes, that That's Bush. Uh, we also have Brightest Blue by Ellie Goulding. Yes, yeah, that Ellie Goulding. She's been gone for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we also have Antihero by Gang of Four. Beyond the Pale by Jarvis Cocker. Tell Us by Nicholas Jarre. Ultimate Success Today by Proto Martyr. Carefree Theater by Surfer Blood. Uh, Hate for Sale by The Pretenders. And lastly, the new release I think we're both going to be listening to yeah. this upcoming week Gaslighter by. The Chicks, formerly the Dixie Chicks. Right, yes. Finally, finally out this week. Um, unless something changes between now and Friday, which is <laughs> good. Um, yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out. Um, as for your music news, yeah, let's rewind back. As we mentioned, Pop Smoke was at the number one uh, slot there. Yeah, we got a couple downers this week. I apologize. All right, well... Uh, as for Pop Smoke, two men and two teens have been charged with killing rapper Pop Smoke during a robbery in February, according to the Los Angeles uh, District Attorney's Office. Corey Walker, 19, and Keandre Rogers, 18, were each charged with murder Monday, on Monday with special circumstances allegations that the murder occurred during the commission of a robbery and a burglary making them eligible for the death penalty. Uh, The complaint also alleges gang and gun allegations. Both defendants are expected to be arraigned Monday at the Fultz Criminal Justice uh, Center. Additionally, two male juveniles, ages 17 and 15, were each charged with one count of murder and robbery in juvenile court. This is very young... Yeah, it's that's the weird thing about this whole story is that Pop Smoke himself is a pretty young, was was a pretty pretty young artist, and I don't know what beef they had with with him, but man, this this just seems brutal. I mean, when you say two men, but both men are nineteen and eighteen, 
it's yeah you're basically you're the bare minimum of calling somebody a man at that point right i know you said two men and i gave it down here to two men and two teens i'm like oh technically Corey 19 and and rogers 18 like okay we're the men yeah oh wait no Those are they the are men. the men, technically speak, legally speaking, legally they are speaking. men, which is why they are eligible for the death penalty, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just a bunch of teenagers did something real stupid, and yeah, somebody died, and now it's there. I don't know what's going to happen, but oh boy, this is really dark, and it's just makes the whole pop, the whole story of Pop Smoke become even more tragic. Yeah, that, that that took a dark turn real fast when you read it out like that. Yeah, really, really does. So yeah, but uh, you know, number one on the Billboard charts this week. So you can celebrate. I mean, mark. I mean, it goes to show you that, like, you know, he was cut down at his prime, like before he could even prove himself as an artist, which is disappointing. I'm seeing a lot of people talk about. Uh, the presuming number one next week, the new Juice World album, uh, will probably be also have similar stories about that. Seems like it's quality stuff from an artist who just wasn't around to prove it. Right, and I think coming off of uh, Godzilla from the Eminem album at the beginning of the year might also keep people's mind on it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But yeah, just just dark stuff all around. Mm-hmm. I gotta talk about God, dark stuff like that. Let's talk about some lighter news. Eh, not really. Uh, kind of. Uh, Lady A. Not that Lady A. The saga yes, continues. Lady A. The saga continues. As a sing- singer, Anita White, aka Lady A, uh, released a statement over the weekend saying that the country group of the same name, formerly Lady Antebellum, quote, has used their wealth and influence to intimidate and bullied me into submission without offering any real recompense for approving my name. Or sorry, for appropriating my name, Uh, says White. Quote, it is now clear that their apologies, friendly texts, and playing on my love of God were just insincere gestures aimed at quieting me. Well, I will no longer be quiet. Uh, White had made her views clear earlier in the week in interviews with Vulture and Rolling Stone, but the 790-word statement represents her full expression of her feelings about the breakdown in negotiations with the band in her own words. Although the group, Lady A, had sought an agreement in which both artists could freely use the name, the singer, Lady A, explains why she had why she has resisted that and says in her statement that coexistence will simply not work so this of course uh being a response to actual litigation that late the former uh, group group lady a uh made against the singer lady a where they were basically suing her people uh in order to use the name because she basically was sitting on it right but that's Partially, it they were suing for no money, though. Yes, they were suing for no monetary on it, but they needed to put a plaintiff's name down or defendants. Are they the plaintiff? <laughs> yeah, they need to put a defendant's name down. They need to put someone there 
in a, an official court filing, so they had to put her name in it. Yeah. This is after they had discussed, like, can we coexist? Can we work together on this? And, yeah, I think what she's saying here is that she, like, are they going to pay her? Like, what are they going to do? Is she going to get some sort of share of, like, of their revenue? Like, she basically is not taking a verbal apology and verbal agreement as enough. She's basically like, no, there's got to be something more than this or else you can't record with the name I've been using for decades. Well, that's where a lot of different things come in because Lady A, Lady Annabelle, trademarked Lady A, the name, <laughs> before singer Anita White put out an album like the year after for Lady A, even though she had been performing under the name for years. Yeah. So... So yeah, it's like a, it, it's an endless chicken and an egg scenario if you think about it, because it's like, well, does it matter if she was performing without the trademark, or does the trademark uh, like basically defeat that in court? Like, would that does that matter? And then like, but but also, Lady, Lady Antebellum had already been being colloquially called Lady A by their fans since they started. So does that also predate? Lady A calling herself Lady There's so many moving parts here. Right, because Lady Antebellum's first big album was in 2006. Right. And then once they started using the name Lady A probably for merchandising rights that they needed to trademark it in 2010, which is where that comes from. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting case, I think, ultimately, by the time this is all said and done, in what happens when two artists perform under the same name. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it looks like a stalemate right now until some sort of legal action like happens. It seemed like they had a handshake agreement before they went to court. Yeah, but, but it didn't last long. Once you're being served, you kind of want lawyers to look at it. Right. And so that's where I'm thinking, or at least where I'm looking at it from, that like she sent it to like those papers to actual lawyers, probably IP lawyers, because it's intellectual property of the name yeah and said wait you can actually get something out of this and i don't want to sound like bad lawyer here but someone probably was like payday i mean not just that but also like like this is also the moment to help a marginalized like artist against a white artist powerhouse you know like it's it's a prestige kind of case and i don't blame somebody for looking at that and being like oh she needs help because this is a powerful adversary. Yes, but in her claim, in her countersuit, she's asking for $10 million. Mm-hmm. But that's not all going towards her. She's already expressed that half of it, $5 million, will go to rebranding, yeah. but the other half will go towards various Black Lives Matter right. organizations. So honestly, like... What I will say about this is that even if Lady Antebellum or Lady A, whatever the hell you want to call them, whether or not they actually have any sort of legal grounds here, whether or not they're actually been called that for longer, that doesn't matter. What matters to me right now is that they're making themselves look like the villain in this thing. And if they don't change their messaging about it, they're not going to convince a whole lot of people about that they're that they're the real ADA. That's, I think, the ultimate like bottom line for me right now is that regardless of legal precedent, 
they look really bad here. And they just keep digging the hole further and further the more that they make public statements about it. While they may be legally in the right, it's, there's also the optics of it. And that's, that's, what, that's exactly what I'm saying. looking at. Is that on the outside looking in is that even if they're right, they look terrible. It makes them look real bad. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. Because like I said, it'll be really interesting. This will set precedent, I think, in a lot of cases where bands just happen to have the same band, the uh, same name as another band. Right, but also look at it as probably not them doing it, but rather their marketing team and the big machine behind them. <laughs> records. <laughs> probably the one pushing them to do this. I would imagine there's, it's part of it, but what I'm saying is that they're not doing enough to get ahead of it themselves as well as artists to like... And yeah, what they're doing right now is not the thing they need to be doing. Yeah, but what can they do? Just like say, okay, we agree. Here's your money. When they probably don't have that either authority, power, or money to do so. Let's put it this way. If if Big Machine still has the same leadership that it did while Taylor Swift was recording under them, no wonder Taylor Swift wasn't able to speak her mind about anything, right? It makes you think about the extra like layer of this is that maybe even if the actual members wanted to say something maybe they can't you may be right right because now scooter braun is in charge of all that we know how yeah. swell of a person he is oh yeah you know how, how quick he is to, to cover up anything that maybe even partially makes him look bad so we'll see yeah so right. as of now lady a lady antebellum the band is kind of taking the brunt force when yeah actual vitriol should be aimed somewhere else we will see what happens, but this has been a fascinating saga to keep track of. A uh, possible story of the year? It's definitely up there for music. It's been such a slow music week, this might be up there for sure. All right. What else? Um, I think that's all I have to say on this, because I'm caught up to, up to that point. Uh, any thoughts? Listen to anything this week? Uh, I was supposed to listen to the Mike Shinoda um, video game album, but your dropped frames didn't didn't oh well nope forgot about it didn't have time lost track of space whatever tens of excuses you want me to give yeah i uh i listened to that margo price record i didn't dig it no not worth talking uh, about less country this time more like tom petty and the heartbreakers like she's going in a classic hmm. rock direction which i wasn't anticipating so i wasn't a fan Okay. I still like her. I still like her voice, but I wasn't a fan of the sound of that record. All right. Interesting. Yeah. But we will be both be listening to uh, Gaslighter. For yeah, we'll week. talk about Gaslighter next week for sure. All right. So we'll have that to look forward to next week. But for now, for now, video games. For now, video games. For now, video games. As we have new video games releasing this week. Big release week this week. Oh, it's a big release week this week. Uh, as we have Beyond a Steel Sky. On the PC. We also have Super Hot, Colon, Mind, Control, Delete. Super uh, Hot. For the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Super Hot. Uh, we also have Rock of Ages 3, Colon, Make and Break for the PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. They inexplicably keep making Rock of Ages games. <laughs> I don't know why. Um... Someone has code lying around. 
<laughs> but your two biggest releases this week, uh, both exclusives. Yes, both. As exclusive. the first one is Ghosts of Tsushima for the PlayStation, and Paper Mario: colon, The Origami King for the Switch. Yeah. Uh, I believe the Paper Mario comes out today. Um, the Friday. I thought it was a fifteen release. Oh, maybe it is a weird Nintendo has weird schedules. I can never keep track of them. Right. I thought it was the seventeenth. Well, take a look because it might be available. It might be on your Switch now. Yep. So uh, I, uh, yeah, I almost. I was almost going to play Paper Mario, but once reviews hit this morning, I read them, and it's not the Paper Mario game I wanted it to be. I was seeing pretty good reviews, like in the 80s. No, the reviews are positive. That's not what I'm saying. It's just not the Paper Mario game I want it to be. (laughs) Oh. It's not a sequel to the one I liked. So you're not going to pick this one up? I'm not going to play it. Okay. Yeah. I watched the direct on it that was last week. I was like, oh, yeah. this seems interesting. Maybe I'll wait to see what Matt has to think about it first. <laughs> it seems cool. I mean, there's cool things they're doing with it. It's a, it's a Paper Mario game, so it's bound to have really smart, funny writing. And the characters are bound to be fun. Like, there's reasons to play it. I'm just, like, do I want to spend $60 on a thing that is not exactly what I want it to be? Nah, I'm going to skip it out. Maybe... If down the line, if it's if it's on sale or something, I might check it out. But not something I need to be there for day one. A Nintendo game going on sale. That's hilarious. I know. Really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, similar feelings about Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, reviews hit for that today as well. And it looks like it's very much check-the-box open-world adventure. So you might want to check it out. Hmm. Maybe, but the whole like samurai aspect doesn't grasp me. A lot of people were calling it Samurai Assassin's Creed, but not like modern Assassin's Creed, like classic Assassin's Creed. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's an interesting concept, but it, just that whole like storytelling vibe, like the setting doesn't grasp me. It's like Dark Souls doesn't grasp me. Sure, right. it might be a great game, but I just don't like that kind of gameplay. That's fair. Or that kind of setting. Gameplay is probably good. It's just the setting of wandering around and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, hey, we have news to actually talk about. Yeah. Not, not faux thoughts. Uh, as Fake E3 continued yes. with Ubisoft this time. Right. Uh, as Ubisoft revealed Watch Dogs colon Legion trailer. And gave us a release date of October 29th. Yeah, it looks uh, like a Watch Dogs game. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, Brawlhalla for mobile announced are on August 6th. Uh, Might and Magic Era of Chaos trailer was shown. Mobile. Another mobile. mobile game. Uh, Tom Clancy's Elite Squad trailer got a release date of August 27th. Which is a five by five hero shooter. Yeah, it's it seems like it's their their Overwatch equivalent, but in the with with um, Tom Clancy branding and with random Ubisoft characters from other their games. Like you could just play as the 
dude from Splinter Cell in this thing. Where are there rabbits? Uh, not that I know of, no. I think it's a little it's the age thing. I think it's a little up from rabbits. Then I don't care. <laughs> uh, we also have Hyperscape trailer, which the open beta is open now, and that's a battle royale. Yep. Uh, we had more Assassin's Creed Valhalla, yep. uh, which got a release date of November 17th. Mm-hmm. And the big one that came out that got spoiled kind of immediately yeah. before it got announced, Far Cry 6 announced for February 18th of next year, which stars Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, which was the weird part about all of this. Because it forms a weird Breaking Bad thing. Yeah, and he was there to basically show off. He was there, uh, digitally, of course, to basically talk about the game and introduce it and stuff, which was interesting. I didn't watch this, but I saw, like, that part, because, like, I tuned in just at the end of the presentation. So I saw the release date, and I saw Sean Carlo. I I just watched the trailer for it, so I was like, oh, it's coming. And that's the thing As expected. The whole vibe of the Ubisoft Forward for me was just, they're just making the games they make. Where's the new IP? I don't see the real new IP in all this. No, um, there was no um, pirate game, whatever the hell that thing's called. No Wild, no Beyond Good and Evil 2. Like, all these long gestating projects they've had were just absent from this thing. Yeah, well... There's more Ubisoft. Yeah, so this has actually been boiling for the last couple of weeks, but I just haven't had the space in the news section to put it in. But I figured, since we're talking about Ubisoft this week, why not talk about what's been going on behind the scenes at Ubisoft? So, as we casually do here at the Mediabell Podcast, we like to peek behind the curtain, look into the layers, and see what's actually going on at some of these big studios. Well, it's not good times over at Ubisoft uh, Canada and France right now, let me tell you. Well, that's because uh, Ubisoft is installing new leaders at its Canadian studios following an announcement over the weekend that its managing director for Canadian operations was stepping down. Giannis, not spelt like Giannis, but Giannis uh, Mallet's departure comes amid recent allegations of sexual harassment shocker, that have rocked the Paris-based companies Montreal and Toronto Studios. Mallet's exit was communicated to staff in a memo from CEO Yves Gilmore. Uh, quote, the recent allegations that have come to light in Canada against multiple employees make it impossible for him to continue in his position. Uh, that uh, Guillermo said in a memo to employees. Christopher Derens, formerly, f- formerly executive VP of productions at Montreal Studios, will now lead that studio. While Christine Burgess Quema, uh, executive director of yeah, with all these French Canadian. I'm channeling my French Canadian here. <laughs> we'll take uh, she will take over the other Canadian studios, including Toronto. Last week, the company announced that Maxime Bellan, 
its Toronto-based VP of editorial resigned, and another unidentified employee in Toronto was fired. And in Paris, Vice President of Editorial and Creative Services, Tommy Francois, was placed on disciplinary leave, as well as Malat, uh, Chief Creative Officer, Sergei Hassett, has resigned, as has Cecily (laughs) Cornet, Global Head of Human Resources. Quote, as she believes it is in the best interests of the company's unity. Uh, in the staff memo, Guillermoc said, Hassan, uh, you're moving stuff around. Resignation. Yes, I hadn't combined that paragraph. Yes. Uh, in the staff memo, Guillermo said, Hassan's resignation comes after in depth discussions have had together. Uh, Guillermo will be, quote, personally overseeing a complete overhaul (laughs) of the way editorial departments work, according to the memo. He (laughs) is pissed and he is cleaning house. Yeah, somebody um, in a podcast I listened to described this as a domino effect, right? Mm -hmm. It's like one tipped over and the rest of the company culture got scrutinized and so people started dropping like flies. And it just shows like, how deeply ingrained there was a culture in Ubisoft, regardless of studio. And it just had to implode at some point. And there's like, so there's like a big reckoning happening right now. Right. All these heads using and abusing their power. Yeah. And so the interesting thing is that all this was happening basically in the background of having that forward event. And you would think that a normal company would at least have some sort of recorded segment to say like, hey, we're aware that there's been changes in the company, but we're committed to doing good for our customers and like and rebuilding the company from the ground up. No, nothing. Instead, what they did on social media, they put up a note that basically said, hey, since we recorded this uh, presentation weeks ago, we don't mention any of the thing- restructuring that's happening at our companies. Well, that's probably because the person in charge of that, HR... <laughs> got fired and let go. Yeah. And so they had to basically go to legal and say, what can we say? Right. What can we get out first before people basically complain that we didn't address this at all? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, anyway, so it's been a really weird week for Ubisoft. Well, you get the good with the bad. And much like the Ubisoft logo, round and round they go. <laughs> Spiral into the, the center there. Yep. That's it. Uh, but hey, I mean, this is at least good news that their comeuppance have come to cook. Roosters have come to roast. <laughs> you just butchered that metaphor. All three of them. <laughs> All three of them. <laughs> but yeah, uh, hopefully they'll learn from these mistakes. That's what I'll say. Or at least the people who are replacing them will learn from their mistakes. So, yeah, we will see. All right. That's it for news. news. Did you play anything? I did. I just really want to briefly say that I am up to hour hour seven of Last of Us 2. How's that crawl? And I think I texted you after I got there and said, I can't believe there are 23 more of these. (laughs) 
because it's so exhausting. I'll tell you where I left off. Are you just like trying to find everything? No. I'll tell you where I left off and you'll get maybe why I'm exhausted by this Mm -hmm. thing. So I don't know what happened, but after like literally the moment that I stopped playing last time and picked it up, it got so much more difficult. I basically had to change my entire style of gameplay as soon as there were guns. As soon as the enemies became aware of my location, I couldn't use stealth anymore. And I started using my ammo more. I had barely fired any guns before up to that point, by the way. I had been avoiding using my firearms completely. I've been relying on stealth and I've been doing a good job with stealth. As soon as though they toss you into a scenario where you cannot use stealth, I completely fell apart. And then it doesn't stop. Then from there, you're good, you, they put you in the scenarios where, and again, like I mentioned last week, I feel like it's going through the same steps as the first game. So I got to the bit where, oh, I learned about trap mines. Okay, now I have to be looking for trap mines all the time. Oh, I got to the part where I um, get like freaking, um, like a mix of the, the zombies and humans. Like, okay, now I have to be prepared for two scenarios every time I go into combat. And so it's just compounding mechanics to an excessive rate now where I was just having such a problem. And reminder, I am playing at the absolute easiest difficulty and I am dying all the time now mm-hmm. because I've had to relearn now suddenly how I'm playing this game. Yeah, you die a lot during those trap mines. It's like, yeah. oh. Wait, I can't do this? Oh, I didn't realize that was there. Oh, I didn't see that because of the shadowing and textures. So yeah, it's just getting brutal. And so where I stopped was I had just had too many like uh, sections in a row of combat with not with any without any breaks, where they kept putting in I mean like those those like that village kind of setting where you get the bow and arrow, mm-hmm. the crossbow. And I got that, and I thought, oh, like, good. Like, I thought that was going to be good, but I don't have enough arrows. I don't have stuff for arrows. I can't rely on it, so I want to be stealthy, and I still can't. They gave me the thing that I remembered from the first game that I loved because I could still be stealthy with it. And I can't because there's not enough stuff around to build enough arrows to actually be efficient with it. So here I am, basically... Did you take the arrows out of the dummies? Huh? Yes, of course I did. (laughs) And still not enough? No, still, and I'm having, I haven't had a single issue with ammo. I didn't have a single issue with ammo in the first game either. And now all of a sudden, this game, I'm having such an issue with ammo on the lightest difficulty. And I can't get enough stuff to battle these guys. So I died hundreds of times, not hundreds of times, dozens of times to just those regular ass dudes with guns doing their patrols through the town. So I stopped at the part where your friend from the beginning of the game, or friend from the beginning of the game, shows back up again. Right. And now he's basically teamed up with me and I've escaped with him. I shut the game off at that point because I was like, this is Oh, that's a good stopping point. Yeah. Like, this is too intense. I'm like done. I need a break. And this cutscene suggests I'm not going to get a break anytime soon. Mm, No, it's going to do a big... Your set piece is going to come up soon. Yeah, so that's the thing is I... I just, I hit a wall at that point where I'm just like, I need to take a few days off before I play this again, because it's just too much. It's just, it's too hard. It's too brutal. 
it's just so oppressive and stressful all the time. And I'm like, why? How are people playing 30 hours of this? I played it. I played 30 hours of it. I don't know. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like it's 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 scaring me off a little bit because I had been a little bit like, okay, this is what this game is before I got to this point, and now I'm like, oh, this is the thing I was hoping it wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I'll jump back into it at some point, and we'll have another update. I'm sure. Okay. Um, I haven't really been playing anything new in that sense. Played a lot more of the fifty one. Uh, clubhouse games. Clubhouse games. Getting some gold on that. I might actually go online. Thinking about it. Ooh. Yeah. But that's... Online Mahjong. Oh, I'm good at Mahjong. Online Moncala. Uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Mahjong, Moncala, and Hanafuda. Nice. Got some Koi Koi going on. With those uh, but... Nintendo cards. Oh, so helpful. <laughs> Uh, but cool. that will be it for us then. Yeah, that will do it for this week's Media Boat Podcast. <laughs> Catch us next week for another episode. If you want to watch this in video form, we record these as we do them. That'll go up on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com, search Media Boat Podcast, and find us there. If you want to listen to the audio version of the podcast, we're there as well. Just search any of your media uh, in your podcast services for Media Boat Podcast and find it, download it, listen to us. We love the numbers. Get us those numbers. We also have our website, which I mentioned earlier, mediaboatpodcast.com. Go there for archives of our old writing as well as new writing that we'll be doing after we experience things. I'll have an article about Peacock going up today, an article about Close Enough coming tomorrow. And soon, look forward to maybe some thoughts about Last of Us or Palm Springs, perhaps? Check it out. Uh, you can also find us on social media. Twitter, where our handle is MediaBoatCast, and Facebook, where you can find our page. Like, comment on that, and we will graciously accept the feedback. Last but not least, if you have any questions, comments, any other feedback you want to give us, feel free to email us at, at MediaBoatPodcast at gmail.com. That'll do it. We are done today. We will be back next week for a new episode with all sorts of new thoughts for you and news. So stay tuned and see you guys next time. Yep, we'll have thoughts on that on um, the chicks next week. Yes. All right, and with that, bye bye. Yeah.